Hi everyone and welcome to Dance Podcast Season 3. I'm your host Jasmine Cook. This is a dance science podcast presenting discussions with global industry leaders aiming to make research and information more accessible and enhance dancer well-being, health and training at all levels of the sector. New episodes every Monday 6am London time. Dance thanks Ballet Rosa for sponsoring today's episode. Ballet Rosa inspires dancers from all over the world with apparel and accessories for male and female dancers, designed using the highest quality materials and engineered for a high level of comfort, mobility and performance. Ballet Rosa is renowned in the world of dance for their harmonious mastery of technical materials combined with artistically inspired design. Check them out and find out more at www.balletrosa.com. Hi everyone and welcome back to Side Dance Podcast. I'm really excited to be here today with Markella for a topic that I can't wait to discuss. Um, I'll let Markella introduce herself, but she's a Pilates specialist at the Royal Ballet School at the moment. And so that's what we're going to be discussing today. Welcome, Markella. Hi, Jasmine. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm very excited to chat all about Pilates. <laughs> No problem. Uh, I'm too. If you just introduce us, so a little bit about your background, your training, sort of your dance education, yeah. you started to specialize. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I'm a Pilates instructor. I teach at the Royal Ballet School. I'm based at White Lodge. I work with the younger students. And I'm also based at the faculty, and I teach the Pilates teacher training course and a dance specialization course for instructors who want to specialize working with dancers. Um, so I, I've got a dance background. So um, I started as a dancer myself. I did a BAD a degree in dance education, mainly in ballet and contemporary. And through that, I wanted to learn much more about the body like during my training and as a dancer myself feeling that I had some limitations or struggling to understand why certain things would not work. Um, I, um, I did a Pilates certification after a few years. It took me quite a few years actually to, <laughs> to find Pilates, to be honest, because um, there wasn't much out there when I was doing my training. So uh, yeah, I was blessed to um, find a Pilates instructor and we worked together and I saw the benefits and that's what drew me to specializing in Pilates and learning more about it. And it was that drive of um, learning about the body more, the muscles, how they work, alignment, limitations, how do you address them and all that. And um, I just wanted to learn even more after doing my Pilates certification. So I, I did my MSc degree at Trinity Lab and in dance science, where I learned about other sciences, how they work with dancers, how they help dancers, physically, mentally, which is which was brilliant to do and how to do research on, on those topics and yeah and ever since I've, I've, I still learn I'm learning as much as I can as we go because it's, it's brilliant and it's an ever-evolving um, area I think um, yeah. and I mainly work with dancers now which is brilliant and I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect so when you mentioned that it took you a little while to find Pilates what else did you try in between so did you like look at other kind of ways of finding out more about that or what like other avenues did you take? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think when I was training, I think the main thing was dance class back then, especially. Um, and I, I feel like I didn't have many resources or um, I didn't have a lot of information about what else I could do. Of course, I had tried yoga and I had tried, I had tried just simple going to the gym, doing certain fitness classes and all that. 
but I feel like my mind was mainly um, the dance class is going to make me improve my performance. And uh, yeah, gradually when I got introduced to Pilates, I had heard about Pilates, and Zerotonic was also another method that was coming up and becoming a little bit more popular as a conditioning method for dancers. Um, yes, um, I just I was very interested to to see how it works, and then I tried as many as I could from everything. But I would say I tried those methods a little bit later after I realized I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna finish my dancing career and start teaching more, and then I trained in Pilates as well. So yeah, it wasn't quite when I was really into the high peak of my dance career. Um, unfortunately, I would say, <laughs> but that's all right. Yeah, but definitely something to, to learn from afterwards. So can you tell us a little bit about your work at the Royal Ballet School? So at White Lodge, you work mostly with young dancers. Is it 11 to, I'm not sure how old, I'll let yes, you Yes, it is, it is 11 to 16 years old. Yes, at White Lodge, we've got the lower school and the students start their foundation program, which is year seven to nine, so 11 to 13, 14 years old. In the last two years, year 10 and 11 is the development program. And then they will audition and move on to other schools, going either to upper school at the Royal Ballet School or somewhere else. Yes. Yeah, perfect. So what's it like working with these dancers? So working, that's quite, like 11 is quite young. So what's it like working with these young bodies as opposed to, I guess, other work? Yeah. Just a bit of background about how the Pilates works at White Lodge as well. Yes, definitely. Yeah, um, it's very interesting to work with young dancers. It's, uh, it's brilliant, actually, because they come in, they have some experience. They definitely have done uh, ballet before. They have some movement experience, but most likely they won't have a lot of uh, body conditioning uh, experience. So it's very interesting to work with them and start building up on those fundamentals, um, um, all those principles where they need to understand their body better, where, uh, work on alignment. I know they do that already in ballet, but working with a different conditioning form is a little bit um, um, different for them to understand. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a process, a slow process in the beginning, usually the first two years are a little bit more difficult to, um, for them more, uh, let's say, we need to give them simplified exercises so we don't, it's not very complex and it can accompany their ballet training. And gradually, the more, what we've noticed at least the last four or five years that uh, we've been as a healthcare team there and working consistently with the students, we've noticed that through the years, through the first two years, um, with those foundational, uh, the foundation training, uh, you can see them um, flourishing so much and uh, learning um, much more difficult, challenging styles much easier when they go to year nine, year ten, year eleven. So it's it's brilliant to see that transition. Um, so yeah, we usually work in um, either individualized uh, sessions, so one to one when necessary, but primarily their training would be um, in small group sessions. So they will do either Pilates or SNC uh, with my colleague uh, Niall McSweeney. Uh, we work together and um, he's the SNC coach. I teach Pilates and we usually um, group the students um, in that way so that they do both within the term. But they, because of timetable restrictions, we cannot uh, have both within the same week. So we'll probably have six weeks, first half term Pilates and second half term SNC and we swap the group. So they get the experience of both, which is brilliant. Um, uh, they work in that way in those small groups. They will definitely do um, an individualized program, so they will know um, uh, they will have a certain program for themselves according to their needs, uh, written down. Will explain the exercise, and they will start practicing 
Adam Shelton were just uh, supervising. Um, and those would be small groups, six to eight people usually. Um, and then they can have one-to-one -one sessions when there's something um, more uh, challenging that needs to be addressed and we need a little bit more time with an individual dancer. Um, or they will have year group sessions, which is a whole year, um, boys or girls, and uh, we'll work together in more uh, generic uh, conditioning um, elements. So it could be um, core strength, it could be balance, it could be flexibility, depending on the program, yeah. But I would say the majority of the students, majority of the years will have uh, 45 minutes uh, per week in that small group session and maybe another half an hour per week to 45 minute session. Uh, in the older years, the development program, we will probably have two to three extra sessions uh, within the week. It's quite a lot with their already demanding <laughs> dancing schedule. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's good to hear though that they get more as they get older. I like how that builds. Yes. Um, so with the SNC, so if it's half a term and half a term, do you focus mm. on the same elements each half term or like, do they link up in any way or the same like learning outcomes? How does it work? So um, all the um, sessions, whether it's Pilates or SNC there, um, they usually um, are um, created and planned um, from the feedback that the artistic team is giving us for the students. So we always collaborate with the artistic team and they give us feedback on each individual student, what do they need to work on, what are their strengths, weaknesses, and then we can work on that. So whether they do Pilates or SNC, they will probably uh, address the same elements, but in different ways maybe, or in similar ways, but with a different kind of, um, it's the equipment that might make it different or the, um, the movement itself might be different, but it's exactly the same element. Um, there are certain uh, things and uh, principles that might work a little bit differently through Pilates, uh, between Pilates and SNC. So it might be that uh, in SNC they might do more jumping uh, training. Um, though in Pilates we might do more core strength and turn out more dance specific uh, also exercises. Um, yeah, it, it depends actually, it depends quite a lot, but uh, they're definitely were collaborating, myself and the SNC coach were collaborating together to see what the dancers need and how am I going to address it this half term, how he's going to continue or address it next half term and how actually the dancer is developing and if we need to change a little bit our focus so they have, they have achieved certain goals and we need to move on to something slightly different, the same, um, same focus. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. It sounds so like productive is the word that comes to mind, like so cohesive the way that you work with the artistic team as well. Like it just sounds like such a productive way yeah. of doing it, which is great. So what are some of the key benefits of Pilates for dancers training? I've actually done an episode in like way back in the first season that I did with Laura Irwin from London Studio Centre, um, looking a little bit yeah. about how it helps them. But it's really interesting because that was most like so she's at London Studio Centre so that was mostly focused on older dancers so what's it like working with younger dancers what are the main benefits for their training? Yes so um, I guess the principles are the same uh, for every age for um, young students to older students and Pilates so the same kind of concentration and flow and precision and your core strength is your main uh, focus so Pilates works a lot um, on um, alignment and stability prior to any kind of movement. So how can we stabilize 
certain joints, muscles, or isolate certain body parts to other body parts that work. So um, it's the same principle, definitely. Um, but I think the work is a little bit slower. What young dancers take more time to learn is how to control their body um, rather than to do something quite challenging in the beginning, the first years, first few years. So um, definitely learning about how to work with their breath and working their uh, core muscles and abdominals, how to understand that core muscles are not only the abdominals and tucking the belly button to the spine, which is not the only thing to do, stabilize and how to work their alignment when they're working on turnout and be very, very precise. And also having, I think, Pilates is uh, good for them in the first year because they, um, they have the time to move a little slower uh, to take the body, the focus actually out of the mirror and the aesthetic and focus that within and learn how to work within uh, the body and focus internally, muscle focus, feeling the muscles working. Am I actually in alignment without looking in the mirror, which is something very beneficial because they will depend on the mirror quite a lot uh, during ballet. Um, uh, yes, posture, definitely the upper body and balance. Um, it's something that we're working on. And then as the years progress, we start adding more challenging um, elements and more um, combinations of different principles at the same time. Um, yeah, more, more complex exercises that will challenge them in a neuromuscular pattern, but also uh, physically their strength has to increase a lot uh, at that stage, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So they've obviously got quite specialized needs because it's a like ballet school. So as opposed to even like all styles of dance, which is still very specialized, but even more so just ballet. How do you find that that mm. is like what you teach them and the content you work on? So do you focus it more on like ballet specific skills or do you find that you still have quite like a general motor development program because they are still quite young? Do you find it changes it at all? Um, uh, that's a good point. I think we're always starting with a more generalized fundamental uh, movement and principles that they need to learn. So uh, how to stabilize the pelvis in a neutral position, how to stabilize the spine, uh, how to work in parallel. And then gradually we start adding more dance specific uh, elements. I wouldn't start right away um, with dance specific elements or I wouldn't address it right away in relation to ballet. I would explain though why it's important to do it for ballet but it might look completely different to what they do day in, day out in ballet. Because it's very important for them to understand that the body works in the same way, whether they're in parallel or in turned out, and the same muscles will start working. We just need to address it um, um, a little bit more holistically and generically in the beginning. And then we start adding um, dance-specific movements when uh, it's appropriate and they understand how to stabilize the basics, yeah. Um, I don't like to confuse them too much with the dance movements or adding too much on top of, um, uh, like I said, because they're young, uh, on top of a simple movement, I don't want to add too much more uh, dance-related movement so they can focus again more internally and, um, yeah, somehow forget a little bit about ballet, but then make a reference straight into it. Yeah, that's great. That's such like a great way of, of balancing it. So looking at their engagement, um, I know a lot of dancers love Pilates. So do you find that that's the case? And also, I'm just interested to know, how do you help them to understand the importance of both Pilates and SNC to complement their training? So do they understand the difference? How do you help them to really engage with both? Yeah, so um, 
I think that at least at our school, uh, now the students are very used to doing both. So they really like both. <laughs> they're very keen anyway, and they're very uh, diligent and hardworking students. So they will uh, do both and they will enjoy it. I think um, with Pilates, some students like Pilates because it might feel like dance a little bit more. They, it's a slow pace, more control and precision uh, that makes it quite similar. But uh, for others, it's interesting to see that they like the more um, generic and more maybe explosive movements that they might do in SNC. It's, it's fascinating to see the different personalities as well and their um, things that they like. But um, both myself and the SNC coach, we address, like I said, we are addressing certain elements and principles uh, with a different way. So we're trying to combine and, and and explain to the students why we do it like that in Pilates and why do we do it a little bit differently in SNC? What are the benefits of the two? And because the sessions, if you just walk in the conditioning studio and you see the Pilates session and then later on you watch in SNC, you see the difference. The students do see that as well. They see a, quite an opposite uh, atmosphere, um, which is great. And they, uh, they appreciate it and they understand what kind of um, um, things they're working on in SNC, for instance. And, what that resembles with them in ballet, or how it would help them in ballet. We do explain though that turnout is turnout in both uh, Pilates and SNC, working on their turnout muscles will be the same, but it will feel quite different and they can see the benefits. And I think the more we make links to uh, dance technique and how that applies to dance in both SNC and Pilates, the more they can understand that a well-rounded program adding um, uh, uh, elements from SNC and Pilates, the more they will embrace the two and not just favor one. Of course, they might like one of the other more, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, some of them might. Yeah, I think it's great though that they get both. Like, I think that varied training is just like, yeah, it must just be amazing. And obviously, I'm not surprised because it's the Royal Ballet School, but I think that being able to have both and engage with both and understand what each can give them is just really, really great. So when they yeah. leave, the Royal Ballet School and go on to whatever they go into next whether they dance or even after their dance career do they tend to carry on the same training so how do you kind of help them keep up with that engagement after they've left and use that because these are such great tools that you're giving them use these tools in their own dance life when they're not as when it's less structured and not in a timetable say yes right um well generally within the time that they are at white lodge they um have some holiday periods so we always give them programs to do conditioning programs to do um uh, after a rest period uh for um christmas easter and summer holidays which gives them they have the tools they have some videos they have instructions from us they have what notes on what to do and that gives them the freedom to though, work on their own and understand how conditioning, when we're not actually dancing, is very important. Hopefully this kind of culture will continue with them after they graduate from Royal, from the, excuse me, the White Lodge, where they, they understand how when we're on holidays, when we don't have the actual support of the team there teaching us, how much those conditioning programs were helpful when they return to dance, they feel strong again. Um, some of our students just before they graduated year 11 they were asking more about information where can i continue um uh, to do like pilates or smc or what exercise do you think would be more beneficial for me to go on and continue to do or is there any props that or equipment that i could buy to have at home that you think they're more efficient uh to keep for my dancing career etc which is brilliant to see because they they understand the benefits and you can see that they're um 
um, interested to continue. And also sometimes they are very, they have amazing questions and they like to know more about us. So we do explain how we ended up teaching dancers and doing SNC and Pilates and what kind of training that is. So in case they want to uh, do it at some point in their career later on, they can, they can train or hand in hand with their career, something good to have on the side as well. Uh, and yeah, and how it can help them um, continue when they're retired dancers, uh, whether they're going to teach themselves SNC or Pilates, or whether they're going to continue training for themselves to um, support their body and stay healthy overall. We do some, um, we, within our sessions, we teach some cross-training exercises. They're not all dance-specific anyway. So we'll always explain why we have to do certain exercises to um, make sure we avoid we avoid imbalances and how imbalances could be compromising for the body so hopefully with that in mind they will continue to um, train their body and say okay i want to make sure that i'm healthy and strong generally uh, apart from my dance career yeah so fingers crossed <laughs> they're still there doing it yes yeah, definitely. And I think taking care of their bodies like after dance is such an important part of it as yeah. well. That maybe people don't always think about like that's another strand of their training that is, yes, great while they're dancing, but also afterwards it's another way that they can active. And I think that's yeah, maybe not yeah. not talked about so much. So that's great. Um yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you integrate theory into your session into your sessions. So sort of I think last time we spoke, we spoke a little bit about how when we taper more towards performances or exams at the end of the year and they don't need so much physical activity in their schedule how you can use that to talk about warm-ups and cool downs and kind of integrate that mm -hmm. into the sessions yeah so uh there are definitely times in our academic uh, calendar where the students have um, quite a loaded uh, timetable and they cannot do um uh, so much more. I mean, they have um, performance coming up, they have a lot of rehearsals back to back, and it's much more demanding physically and mentally for the body. So we might choose for um, a such time, so closer to Christmas or Easter or assessment period or summer performances, we will choose to uh, do some um, uh, easier sessions, whether it's going to be more stretching and recovery based. Uh, and also giving them some information about recovery. Um, but we can also, we, we usually choose to, um, to have them do nothing physically at this time as well. Uh, they might do their regular, um, excuse me, 45 minute session per week, but they may not do the additional half an hour in the evening. So at that time, we might choose just to um, sit down and chat about warm up and give them effective warm up. Uh, quick warm-ups or longer warm-ups and discuss about how they can uh, use them before auditions or performances when they don't have enough time or in between um, performances within the same performance in between different choreographies if they need to be off stage for quite some time how can they warm up again to go on stage after half an hour and same thing with cool downs we've done a lot of talks about how we can cool down and uh, release and recover the body and make sure that it, if we have another performance the next day without overloading the body we're releasing appropriately so they're ready to go back on stage and the older um, uh, years they do have a Wednesday wellness recovery um, day per week so that's in the middle of the week and we give them more and more information about what they can do and um, and later on uh, by themselves or how they can choose pick and choose the right recovery tool for them. Uh, we might do breathing or meditation, 
uh, yeah, different different ways. Um, sometimes we've done anatomy talks as well, uh, talking about uh, turnout, the anatomy of the hip joint, for instance, to understand certain things. And actually, many students have requested, especially during lockdown, they did request a lot more information because we had a little bit more time at that period. And yeah, a very interesting ideas and how what they wanted to learn. So we're keeping those going when when it's possible in the timetable. Yeah, definitely. And it's such a holistic view of it. So thinking about like breathing and then warm up school dance for auditions and yeah, so many different parts of it. It's so holistic and they must be so well like set up when they leave. And I also think it's really great how responsive it is and like reactive to their schedule. And it's not just this is what we do. So this is what we do all term. Like it's so individualized and tapered. That's just, yeah, it's great to hear. Um, I'd also love to hear a bit more. So you mentioned it earlier, but how you kind of encourage that critical thinking to relating it to dance. So when they're thinking, how does this help my progression in dance? How does this right. link? How do you kind of encourage that in students for them to do that thinking for themselves? Yeah, uh, well, um, in my sessions, definitely when I know that we have to work on a specific dance skill, we need to progress and improve, I will, um, first of all, discuss a lot with the students. Uh, what do they think? What does the student think about that uh, movement? Let's say if it's um, a developer, for instance, that they want to improve, I will discuss with them a little bit more to see what do they feel, how does it feel in their body? And what do they feel that it's working, muscles, and why doesn't it work so well for them? Is it themselves or is it their teachers, the feedback that they get from their teachers um, that makes them feel like they have to improve that specific and then I will um, check a little bit on their, um, I will check on their um, mechanics, how do they go about do a, let's say, develop it, and find and explain a little bit the biomechanics so they can understand how does it work, what maybe they're doing a little bit incorrectly or they're not working on it that functionally, etc. So they, they can feel within their body how it feels, uh, how maybe they could progress and change it a little bit and how it could feel and possibly a little bit better. So we'll, we'll lay that out so they can understand how it feels within their body and they have that critical thinking when they go out of, of the Pilates session and say, okay, someone gives them some feedback in an artistic in a ballet class uh, and it doesn't quite work for them. It feels like for my body, it's not gonna work because I've tried it before that way and it didn't work and then we analyzed it and we found a better way for me to work. So that, that kind of process thinking is very useful. Um, then backing it up with exercises and strengthening the relatively the relative muscles and um, uh, giving them some time to work by themselves as well and see how much can they progress, not always having me cueing uh, them and giving them the instructions, but giving them the instructions and the notes, what they need to think about, but taking responsibility to work by themselves is very important. Uh, and then coming back and telling me again, giving me feedback after maybe one week or two weeks, that I was trying that and it didn't feel right or it did, it worked and now it feels closer to my goal. So I think in, within that process, they start to um, have a better understanding of their body and then they can voice that out when they can actually voice it and say, I feel, I understand what you're telling me to do, but I also feel that it's not what you're exactly what you're explaining or asking me to do that I feel in my body. I think that's where that critical thinking can start. And yeah. so. Yeah, oh, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's amazing because it makes it so meaningful for them as well. Like it's yeah, it gives yeah. them meaning in their training. Um, I just want to look a little bit. So a criticism of Pilates that often comes up um is that it's too close to dance movement to be beneficial. And I think a lot of people write it off without really considering what the actual movement is, and they just go, Pilates, put it in a box, no, too close to dance movement, so it's not not worth almost um so what's the key to understanding that it's not about making it look like dance but just understanding that the movement patterns are similar just anything else you've got kind of on that criticism that tends to come up sometimes yeah um definitely yes yeah. so I, I understand how pilates can look very similar to uh ballet because they share a lot of principles common principles and there is that slow pace controlled movement with a lot of precision in both, especially with ballet, I would say. So um, I think the criticism might come from uh, each person's experience with Pilates. So it depends on what kind of Pilates class they've done themselves. So if it's another professional, another colleague of mine, or um, or a teacher, or um, um, even a student or a dancer, that they might say, I tried one Pilates class at some point at the gym, and it didn't feel like that I was doing much or uh, everything that I was doing was mainly dance movements repeating what I do on in class but on the floor in a slightly different position and um, I understand how that that opinion could come out uh, for Pilates but uh, I think uh, a Pilates is so adaptable it can uh, we can work with different ages we can work for like from four years old all the way up to 90 years old <laughs> and you can modify so many things and still keep the same principles of stability and alignment, etc. Um, but we need to make it very specific. So um, it shouldn't look necessarily like we're doing dance in order to strengthen dancers. Uh, like I said earlier, I think going from the very basic and generalized um, exercises to more dance-specific when and if necessary is more beneficial for dancers rather than imitating what they do in a standing or sitting on light or lying down position and um, i think it's good to um, seek out and find more dance specialists in pilates rather than just um general pilates sessions which can be very beneficial again some people cross training and working in a slower pace and just doing a generalized session can be very beneficial but if we want to improve uh, strength or mobility or stability with Pilates, we need to find someone who is um, who understands dance a little bit more and works um, um, with dancers regularly, and they can see the the, um, the benefits um, in a more specialized way. And it needs to be very individual as well. It cannot be um, we cannot uh, put everyone in the same box or in the same um, we cannot pick from the same session. We need to specialize and make it very individualized to that person with their goals. Um, yeah, strength now, strength related, sometimes it might be addressed that we're not improving strength as much, or we may not address uh, strength in a way that we're not um, using too much resistance or um, using uh, equipment that they're heavy. Um, I would say because primarily stability is the work of Pilates and we're working on a very segmental way. We're working into stability of the core, of the spine, um, of the pelvis. We want to make sure that um, we are uh, aware that we're working in deep with deep stabilizing muscles rather than just superficial muscles, which we can do as well, which is brilliant. 
but it's a step further. And maybe for dancers, they need that big stabilization more. That's why some sessions might look a little bit easier, but they're not, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think so much of it that's come out of what you've said there is about being like really open-minded and recognizing that not all Pilates sessions look the same, like they can all be so different. And yeah, like instead of just seeing it as one big thing, I think it's acknowledging all the nuance in it and yeah, the different yeah. variety that can come from it. Um, I remember I was speaking with Niall a little while ago. I might try and put these episodes out together so that, um, yeah, like it makes sense because yeah, they go together and they complement each other nicely. But he was saying, if you're just writing off Pilates, you haven't seen the Pilates that Markella teaches because it's he said it's like intense and there's no way that you could say that that's not not pushing you. So yeah, I think so much of it is about recognizing what like your biases are and the experiences that you've had and not putting that onto onto the other thing. And I think yeah, it's so interesting how you said it's so adaptable for every age because that's definitely something something to consider. Um. We've covered so much here. I don't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about your um, Pilates specialization. Is it the course that you do outside of the Royal Ballet School as well? Yes, yes, it is a course that I do outside of ballet at the Royal Ballet School. It's, um, um, it comes from Basque Pilates training, which is um, based in the US. And uh, it is mainly for Pilates instructors. It's a three-day course. Uh, that um, will teach you um, from math to equipment, Pilates equipment, um, uh, different exercises, how to adapt them for dancers and what are the considerations on dance, what dancers need a little bit more. So we're not, um, we're not thinking that we don't want to do the regular Pilates for dancers, we want to add on top of that. So uh, a regular Pilates training is so beneficial for dancers, for anyone who is, um, who is a Pilates instructor, they can use all the um, the exercise that they've learned, but we might need to start adding on top of those something extra, something a little bit different. For instance, working with uh, long levers more than short levers, so straight legs a little bit more because dancers do that a lot. And maybe deeper back extensions and how do we address that? So yeah, um, if anyone takes this course, it's a three-day course and it will uh, cover all the different body parts. Uh, it covers spine, uh, hips, ankles, uh, knees, everything. Um, uh, yeah, and addressing it in all the ranges of motion and how dancers would benefit from training uh, in slightly different ways from our regular population. And it's also for Pilates instructors who do not have a dance background, because uh, sometimes we might have dancers as, as clients or professionals or retired, and they uh, might find it difficult to um, uh, understand and communicate with that dancer client because they don't have the actual background themselves. So it's also getting those tools and understanding about uh, dancers a little bit better and why their needs are quite specific um, and why we need that extreme range when we need it and how can we support them. So yeah, if, they, if anyone wants, if anyone is interested to do that, they can contact me directly and I can give them more information about it. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be of interest to a lot of people who listen. I'm sat here thinking, oh, maybe I might like to do that. Um, so I can link it in the show notes underneath because that's definitely... Yeah, something that would be brilliant. Thank you. For sure. Is there anything else you want to mention or discuss today, Markella? I think we've covered a lot and had a really in-depth conversation. But... Yeah, we've covered a lot. I think we've covered almost everything. So yeah, no, I think I think that's all. Um, yeah. I hope that talk is helpful for people who work with Pilates and dancers. And if they have more questions, generally dancers have more questions about how to train, where to train. Uh, I'm more than welcome to connect them with maybe people who are closer. Um, 
to uh, where they live or other professionals that they work in the dance sector and they're specialized and um, yeah, just to make it to broaden that a little bit more. <laughs> Oh, that's so kind. Yeah, I think that would be great because I think often a lot of the resources I give on here as well are like for dance teachers or educators or scientists. And I often forget that dancers listen to and this is definitely such a helpful one for them to kind of explore another avenue that might help their training if other ways aren't, the other cross training they're doing isn't necessarily working for them. So it's definitely, yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Marcella. Bye. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in again next Monday. And in the meantime, follow at Side Dance Podcast on Instagram. It would also be so appreciated if you have a moment, if you could please rate and review on Apple to help the podcast grow. Bye.